2: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available
0: on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into your mailbag questions. Is the Thunders rebuild? over an OKC blue update and some more goofy ones as well. So let's get into it on today's Locked on Thunder podcast.
2: You are locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off of your first purchase. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, Talking Thunder Basketball. This show is about you. It is your mailbag questions to get us through uh, the day. We're going to be answering all of your uh, questions about the show. So you can subscribe to Lock on Thunder wherever podcasts are found in on YouTube. Let's dive into your first question of the day. Let's see. This comes from... Shay, gorgeous. Do you think Shay has a realistic shot at all defensive team? His counting stats and advanced stats defensively have him top to one or three guard defen- uh, defender in the league, uh, and uh, they have uh, improved a lot from last year. So yeah, Shay Shay is a really good defender. Shay is uh, an excellent defender, uh, according to Synergy. His-, his Synergy stats on the defensive end are insane, and you can see what he does. Um, in the, in the raw accounting stats of like stocks and stuff. Shea is awesome defensively and it is rare to have a player who makes some game changing plays on that end that also produces 30 points a night on the offensive end, uh, especially with how taxing his game is offensively as well. Uh, You know, going to the rack every single time, uh, taking on contact and, and, and getting fouled all that good stuff. So Shea, is absolutely a, a, a all defensive caliber player. It gets back to where uh, the discussion was at about Shea's All Star appearance two years ago, where it's like it's a, he's an All Star caliber player two years ago, but you know the, the voting process is different and not necessarily uh, going to take on a player like Shea in the All Star at that time, given where the team was at, given where other players in the league were at, and so with all defensive team, you know. I think that they try to to spread the wealth around, so to say. Like, you know, if your if your calling card is defense, and that's kind of a way that the league can acknowledge you or, or 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 kind of tip their hat to how good you are, then they're going to take advantage of that on the all defensive team. Um, in terms of just merit, like, d- does he have a shot to be all t- all defensive team? Absolutely. Like, in terms of merit, he absolutely. Uh, should be on the All Defensive Team uh, if it ended today. Now, again, you got to continue this for another, uh, you know, sixty-something games. But um, in general, Shea, I think, is does have a shot at All Defensive Team uh, because, you know, if if he plays at this level defensively, and we know what he can do offensively for the sustained season. The Thunder are going to be top six in the West. I think they're going to be top four in the West if he continues to play this way uh, on the defensive end, just because of how good his, his, you know, pieces around him are defensively. If he's, if he's, you know, playing that well as the head of the the snake on defense, then it it trickles down to where the whole team is just awesome defensively. That's why they're top five uh, in defense right now. Uh, There's really, there's really little to exploit uh, defensively. So you know, at that point, you'd have a 30-point-per-game scorer who's making a high impact defensively, who also has a top-four record in the West. It, it, it'd be tough to, to keep him off an all-defensive team. Uh, so, I'm interested to see kind of how the, the positionless nature kind of factors into things, because um, you know we typically give a lot of credit and a lot more credit to big men and uh, you know bigger wings, but typically big men uh, for you know their defensive prowess and how good they are defensively. I still don't think that the, the the positionless nature will will make five bigs on, on the defensive team, but I think that it will allow them to play with some more bigs on the team uh than not. So that even limits your guard spots even more. But I, I, I think that it he has a chance. He's laid the foundation to make his appearance in an all defensive team being non-negotiable. He's he's laid the foundation uh to where it's it's, it's not it's not even a thought, you have to do it for Shea if he continues to play this way he's playing right now. This next question comes from at Bryce Patrick, of course, the host of Lockdown Rangers, my guy over there at Lockdown Rangers, World Series champion, Texas Rangers, by the way. So a lot of overlap here in Oklahoma and Texas Rangers. If, if you like uh, if you like the Rangers, go check out Lockdown Rangers uh, to, to follow along with the World Series champs this offseason and, of course, all of next year. Who is the Adoles Garcia of the Thunder? So I, I, I from my perspective, those Garcia is a guy who you know had you know had some talent, but like the, the Cardinals got rid of him and he kind of flew under the radar, and then the Rangers picked him up, and then boom, he becomes this huge megastar hitting monumental home runs, historic home runs in the postseason. Uh and so, like and, and throughout the season, of course, he was an all-star. He was just, he was an awesome player. So you know, when, when you when you translate that to the thunder, I would have to say that it's Isaiah Joe of like, here's a guy who, yeah, like you know, people were excited for him out of college who 2nd around pick, but doesn't get a lot of time in Philadelphia. Philadelphia just outright waves him before the start of last year, signed him off the street last year at, at like what was it, three days before the season opener, four days before the season opener. Uh, and then now all of a sudden he is the six man, he's the key cog of what you do uh, rotationally. For the Thunder and, and, and is a and is a important piece to help them win games. So uh, my mind al- immediately goes to Isaiah Joe. Now Isaiah Joe, uh, you know, not going to be an All Star, not going to be a, the Finals MVP, but still uh, the, the the correlation of the trajectories of their careers uh, leaping up from from where Isaiah Joe was whenever he was waived by Philadelphia to where he is now is still a significant jump. Just like Adolis Garcia had a significant jump from where he was when the Cardinals uh, got rid of him to where he is now with the Texas Rangers uh, and the Texas Creed Rangers. That was a, that was a great story. Creed taken over. Imagine that I'm going to, I'm going to try to pitch J Dub and, 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 and J Will on actually probably Kendrick Williams is my best chance at this. Let's, let's have the thunder rally around the grateful dead, huh? Like, like the Rangers, they rallied around Creed in the locker room, the clubhouse for like July until, until October. And they won the world series. If Grateful Dead has that kind of juice, can you take me higher? Absolutely a banger. I totally agree. What can the Grateful Dead do for you? What can the Grateful Dead do for you? I think they can help you win, Larry O'Brien. So I'm going to have to, have to give a, get a talk with them uh, just uh, just uh, to see what we have there with the Grateful Dead. Um, we're going to continue on with your mailbag questions. We have time for another one in this segment uh, chicken says, what's, what's up with Vasa? So it's interesting. I, I, I totally, uh, you know, realize that, I mean, this is a two-time Euro league MVP. Uh, this is a guy that, that won a couple Euro league championships. And, and we all thought that uh, he would be a, a pivotal part in what the team's doing because, you know, last season, the, the secondary unit, lacked playmaking. They lacked organization. They lacked, um, kind of that, that, that facilitator to help them bridge the gap between Shea minutes and non-Shea minutes. And he seemingly fit perfectly into that. He's been very open and honest about his, you know, struggles, you know, kind of, uh, having his game, uh, translate to the NBA defensively. And, it's only been 20 games. And I think that it's important to note too. And, and I asked Mark about this uh, and Ken was about this, but Mark about this um, whenever the, the, the last game was or practice was, you know, he sends Usman, Jing, Usman Jing down there to practice all the time, even when there's no games on, of course, to just practice. And he's done it with a lot of guys, Trey man, uh, all those guys, you know, what's the difference in a G league practice and NBA practice. And I already kind of knew the answer, but I just wanted to hear it from him to not assume things. And like, he mentioned that like in the NBA, your practices once the season starts are not really practices to the extent of like getting better and, and, and developing and like learning things. They're practices to the extent of recovery. And so like, it's like, yeah, like you're going to go out there, you know, you're going to, you're going to recover your body and everything, move around and everything, but you're not like going nose to the grindstone in practice. And so just because you see us all the time out there at practice and you know, we have a couple uh, you know, media is at practice every day and, and 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 you know film some some shoot around stuff at practice. That's not a true representation necessarily for Vasa to get better defensively and get more comfortable with it. now they're gonna they're trying to put them through the paces and and uh, you know, he's he's getting a front row seat to uh, NBA action. and of course, the film room is very important. but like, that part of his game he's openly admitted is is a different learning curve because the game is totally different like it's not necessarily anything that devos is doing wrong it's just a, like in euroleague there is no 3 second call so he so he pointed that out uh, his first his first time talking to us outside of media day he pointed that out of like in euroleague there's no 3 second call so your big man could just sit there and if you get beat you're funneling him into a big man who's already at the rim already in position to stop it and, 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 and like he is just help has your back so much because he's just allowed to sit there there's no 3 second call and then he mentioned that like in in, in the Euro leagues, the offenses and the defenses, you know, they're not as spread out. Like, the, like there's not enough space. The, the floor the floor is different here in a, in a, in the NBA, you know. So the floor is spread out uh, more. And in the NBA, they're more iso heavy versus where what they are in the Euro league. So you are defending on an island, whereas you know in the Euro leagues, he could kind of be a part of a team contract defensively, and his teammates can help him. He can help, you know, and and, and they can kind of. Uh, work together to, to come up with any sort of, uh, you know, leveling off of deficiencies defensively. So I say that to say this, you're not going to get there in 20 games. You're not going to get there in 20 games because even though you do see as a practice, those practices are not necessarily um, enough to, to, to grow that steep learning curve. Now, I think that right now I would still even 20 games in, and even as as frustrating as it's been for some fans, to not see Vasa play right now today, I would still bet money that by the end of the season, Vasa is a much bigger part of the rotation than he is right now. I don't think that this will be, uh, you know, a Gabby Deck situation. I think that he will actually legitimately play for the Thunder. It's just that you have the luxury of giving him time because other guys are playing well at that position. You have the luxury to give him time. I mean, Jada stepped up in a big way as a, as a playmaker for the bench unit, um, you know, wherever they stagger him to the bench, uh, you know, of course, Kaysen and Isaiah Joe and those guys play really well. So you have the luxury of doing it and you're just kind of letting him grow and develop. So I still think he'll be a part of what, Thunder, what the Thunder want to do um, that. That's just the, 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 the vibe I get from all of this. So that's where I think I'm at with Vasa. Uh, but good question. I know it's an important question. So uh, always happy to answer it. Now I'm also always happy to go to our good friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel's great. Fender.com slash LockedOn. Go there right now and new customers get $150 in bonus bets for winning any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And so the money line is literally just who you think will win. So you can go there, pick the biggest favorite on the board, and boom, as long as they come through and win, then you win and you get the 150 bucks. You can also go there and bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. It's so fun to go to thundercom slash lockdown right now because you got everything. You got Bowl Mania in college football. You got the NFL postseason, NFL season going down the stretch run to the postseason, NBA, NHL, college basketball. You've got it all. Like tonight's uh, you know, in season tournament, uh, knockout round games where the Lakers are uh, a point and a half favorite at home against the Suns. So where do you go there with that game? Uh, so go to the, the right now, fandom.com. /locked on locked on new customers 150 bucks on a $5 money line bet win no matter what moves you made last year turbo tax experts make them count did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse that's a move did you go back to school to get your degree that's a move did you relocate for a fresh start They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Podcast.org, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first lesson every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Uh, Morgan Workman says, can you give an update on Usman Jang? Uh, what is he learning in the G League? What areas of his game have you seen him most improve in? Is he on track with his development? When do you envision him being back with the Thunder and getting rotational minutes of the pod and your insight? Thank you, Morgan. Uh, so I, I don't think that um, it is hyperbolic to say this is Usman Jang's best G League stint that he's ever had. You know, Last year, as someone who like has watched every single possession of his G League career, last year he was very timid in the G League still. He kind of just floated around and... He never really he never really gelled enough in the G League. He had he had flashes, of course, but in, in the totality of things, he was still very timid and didn't really know what to do in the sense of like, hey, with this group of players, right in the blue, I can be the the, the, the guy, I can be the ball handler, I can be uh, the scorer, but that's not what you're working on. And so um you know, So that kind of threw him off a little bit. This year, it's been – and, and, and I'm not going to say that it wasn't made clear to him last year, but I'm saying this year it's been made extremely clear what he's doing, what he's working on. Whereas last year, the whole point of it was offensive force, like just play with better offensive force, just like – and this – so let me re- let me rephrase. Last year, Mark and Cam, the only phrase that they used was offensive force. They used that with him and Jaywell. will so by watching him play, it looked like they were trying to get him to just simply play, play more offense in the sense of an engaged offensive role and an aggressive offensive role. And the results don't matter. And how you do it doesn't necessarily matter. Just do it, right? That's what it felt like watching. This year, it's been way more defined by both Mark and Cam Woods of like they are trying to, you know, integrate him with the blue the same way they're going to play him with the thunder where you're only going to play you know you're only going to play in these short bursts the the bottom line is for this thunder team this year he is only going to to usman jang is only going to play um in small little snippets he's going to be a rotational player for the thunder this year you know if he's able to attract uh, his development and so they've been talking you know to to usman about you know, you can't spend your first two or three minutes on the court getting loose, getting warm, getting ready to go. You've got to just, boom, be ready. And that's a very, very hard thing to do. It, you know, it isn't incredibly hard as a player. I've talked to Cam, who is you know, a great player at Butler, and other players like that is, that is insanely hard to do. Um, so they're, they're working on him to be more intentional with, with, with what he's doing with the blue. And it's worked out. He's done really good. Uh, he's been really aggressive on both ends uh, but offensively uh he's, he's dunking the ball more uh which is which is great to see from him uh he's being an active cutter and he's knocking down some some catch and shoot looks that you, that you like to see uh and I think that he's finding the right balance of um you know putting the ball on the deck after he catches it versus just keep the ball moving and I think that overall Usman Jang's really improved and I think that he is on track I think that I think that he gets punished as you know and, and punished is not the right word but but follow me he gets punished by the success of J-Dub and Chet and these guys and, and Kaysen and these guys who, as a rookie, they come in and they're just, they're just rearing up, ready to go, playing great NBA basketball. Those guys also come from a very different environment of, like, Chet played at Gonzaga, Kaysen played at Kentucky, you know, and, and of course, J-Dub was a multi-year college player. You know, everyone understood that with Usman Jang, you did take him 11th overall, that's, that's for sure, but he was going to be a guy who took time. And so taking a year in 20 games is not as though he's behind schedule or anything like that. Um, But I I think is on time. I think he's playing his best basketball. I wrote about that for thunderous intentions uh, over there. I also wrote about this question from Craig Uh, what OKC blue players have impressed you the most that you think could make the NBA even if not with OKC. So typically, our uh, g Leagueers make the NBA, it's it's often not with their parent club because, if you didn't know, everyone on the G-league roster besides assignees so like Usman Jang, for example, is an assignee. Trey Mann today is an assignee. Uh, besides those guys and the and the three-way contract, so that would be Lindy, uh, that'd be Lindy, Olivier, and Keontae Johnson. Besides those guys, everyone else from the G-league, if a team wants to sign you to an NBA contract, they can. Even though you're technically a contracted player for the Blue, the NBA team can just come get you on a 10-day, on a two-way, on a standard deal, whatever they want to get you on, they can do it. And so that that's a pathway for them to get to the league. Even though they are technically playing for Oklahoma City, they're showcasing themselves to all 30 teams, including the Thunder. But the Thunder, we know the, we know the Thunder's roster um, constraints. We, we know that they're filled to the brim, and there's not necessarily a ton of guys who you want Um, to to get rid of in Oklahoma City to to make room because they they have a full roster. So to to make room for a blue player, they have to cut somebody right now. So that's just not going to happen realistically. Uh, I'm rooting for all the blue players to have success. Like there's not going to be a realistic pathway to get a blue player on the Thunder, in my opinion. However, there is many realistic pathways to get a blue player to the NBA. Uh, I I, I listed out three guys on Thunder's Intentions and gave a way in-depth look at their stats and why their games could translate. I want to first say Jamias Ramsey. Uh, Jamias Ramsey was once thought of as a first round prospect and and he's still only 22 years old. And yes, his first stint in the NBA did not go good. And I talked to many scouts and all the scouts were worried about um, the fact that his first few years in the G league, you know, he was just a bucket getter that was a bucket getter because he's just out athleting guys. Like, like he is just battery ramming his way to the rim. He can do it. He can impose as well on these G league players but that's not how he is going to succeed in the NBA and at the end of last year after he had his uh, you know an injury at the end of last year and this year he has changed the way he's played to make it a more Nba friendly style of things he can succeed at and cam Woods has talked about how you know they discussed and, and they moved him off ball uh to, because that they thought that that could fix his jump shot it has he's shooting 40 percent from three uh, great numbers on the catch and shoot he, he is he has truly unlocked a three-point shot to this point now you've got to remember the nba season is 20 games in the g-league season is not the g-league season is still very young so it's a very small sample size still you know in the sense of like just sheer games played, but the shot looks a lot better it looked a lot better last year it's improved again this year so you're seeing a continued improvement from jamias ramsey and if he can shoot the ball like that and he can score at the rim this is a guy who for a guard needy team especially as we get down to, to, to the extent of this season and, and more, more bruises come. And, and the third two-way deal, of course, is an option now that that was great for all these G-League players that you now have a third two-way deal. Uh, Jamias Ramsey should absolutely get another shot. Like if you're sitting around, you know, Washington right now, for example, uh, or even, even San Antonio, like once San Antonio gets to the back end of this season, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they should try out Jamias Now they have, they have a weird roster because, like, a lot of their two-way guys are 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 players that they uh, have invested in. They've they drafted, so so that, that's going to you know kind of bar him to that extent. But I think Jermis is a good shot to to impress people at the Winter Showcase. That's another big deal. Uh, a couple of weeks from now, the Winter Showcase will be in Vegas, and that's where Trey Mann dropped like 50 points last last uh, uh, last season. But the Winter Showcase, it's in Vegas. All the executives get together there, and you're literally playing. It's literally a showcase. Like the, the, the decision makers from the NBA are there, and they're watching. And uh, you know they, they might they might be impressed. And that's kind of when you start to see guys go for 10 day deals. Guys go for um, you know tryouts with NBA teams. So Jemaine Street Ramsey's one. KJ Williams. KJ Williams is like a really good big man, and uh, he's not some seven footer, but he's like six ten, and he is an excellent shot blocker. At the cost of nothing, so there's other guys who we've talked about on the show that, that play for the Thunder. Uh, you know, where yes, you know, Sar gets a ton of blocks, but oftentimes it costs positioning whenever he doesn't get the block. KJ Williams is a really good ability to go for blocks and not cost you positioning and time them so well that he gets the blocks and he's not overzealous, he's not block hunting, he understands when. Hey, I'm not gonna get this block. So what, what can I do? I can just contest it. I'm not gonna go try to swat this thing to the third row. I'm just gonna try to contest it and wall up at the rim, and it creates stops. Uh, the the thing with KJ is gonna be his three point shot. And credit to Cam Woods, they're letting him shoot threes um, because you know KJ is another example. KJ has proven game in and game out that like he can score on the rim at anybody in the G League. Like you give him the ball, you're the basket. He's going to just destroy the rim and he's gonna destroy the defense. But his game will not, will not translate that way in the NBA. Like when you play NBA bigs, he's not going to be able to do that. So he's got to work on that three ball, and they're trying to to work that in. He hit the chaotic uh, uh, game winner at the Paycom Center logo um, a, few, a few weeks ago. So um, KJ is another one that can make it, uh, and then Caleb McConnell. Uh, you know, I've read about Caleb McConnell as well, and you know, the, if the three point shot falls, his defense is. Is sub none like his defense is impeccable. That's why they call him the blanket. His defense is great. So if he can get the three ball to go around, then he is worth a shot on a, on one of these three two way deals for these teams, especially some teams uh, that aren't necessarily like utilizing their two way deals. But we're gonna talk more about your mailbag questions coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. But first, what's here right now? We got friends over at Game Time, folks. Game Time is great. Game time is there for you because they have the last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed for you. And you get these killer deals. The thing I love about game time is that, look, everyone's an NBA fan here, right? You care about the NBA. You want to go to these games, but we know the deal with the NBA. We know the game. Sometimes guys are on the injury report and they're questionable or they're, or they're you know, probable or they're a game time decision. When that happens, you don't want to buy a ticket and not see your favorite guy and not see your favorite player. That's why game time is so great because game time lets you buy tickets right up into a tip off. That way you you can know all the information that you need to go into these games. So they have last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Go there right now and you get a view from your seat. And that view from your seat is so critical to know exactly what you're signing up for, exactly what you're getting uh, with game time. So check them out today. Go to GameTime.com or the GameTime app, create an, create an account, use code locked in NBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's $20 off your first purchase whenever you use code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, just create that account and use that code on the GameTime app for lowest prices. Uh, Last-minute tickets guaranteed.
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder Basketball. Folks, check out the Locked On Sports Today National YouTube channel. It's a 24-hour stream, 24 hours, seven days a week stream of on YouTube of your stories in sports. Every story from our national channels to our local experts and our local channels. So you can just put it on at the office. It's going to cycle through the biggest news of the day uh, from all of our lockdown podcasts. It's going to be a, our lockdown podcast just on a loop on YouTube. We're going to go bang, 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 bang through the biggest stories of the day and get you caught today on all of your sports. So, Let's continue with your mailbag questions. We have another one from Craig. Are the games this week considered in-season tournament games in terms of court and uniforms? So for the Thunder, no. Thunder's games are, are no longer um, in-season tournament games. They are just normal regular season games. Now for um, the knockout round and for Vegas, of course, those are in-season tournament games. Those are those were the knockout round in the final four of the in-season tournament and the championship of the in-season tournament. Uh, but for the Thunder, you know, Wednesday against the Rockets, um you know fr- you know friday against the uh, warriors those are just normal regular season games that they, they they did not advance in the in season tournament uh, i don't know what the rockets are wearing but they might still wear their spaceship uniforms but the, the thunder are, are not going to have uh, the court and anything on friday against the warriors uh, for my knowledge so it, it, this is not going to be in season tournament uh, games for okc um let's continue on with your mailbag questions here we have Cody. Um, this may sound crazy when looking at balancing Josh Giddy's minutes. Do you think that we'll see him under the 15-minute 15, 15 mark or even getting run with the blue? Uh, he needs floor time to find himself. But uh, so with, with Josh Giddy and the blue, I, I'm not sure that he'll ever go to the blue necessarily. But, yeah, I mean, I, he, his, his minutes will be based upon his production. And, like, Mark has proven that. Uh, this season that like, if you played him 17 minutes last, uh, game you know, against the Dallas Mavericks, 17 minutes is not all that far off from 15. Uh, I, I don't know that it'll ever get down to 15, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they'll go to the blue necessarily because the bottom line is, you know, Josh is going to be able to score at the rim with the blue. He just is. It doesn't really matter though. Like you've got to, you got to do it with the thunder. Now you can, you can argue that, that would like give him confidence kind of sure. Like if, if he goes to blue, but I don't think he will. I think that there's other, other reasons why, like that it wouldn't be uh, wise to to do that necessarily, but at some point you has got to turn it around. Like, and I, I, I think that at some point uh, you just got to start making your shots at the rim. Like that would take care of a lot of these issues if he was like making shots at the rim on the court. Uh, so we'll continue on with your questions uh, from Euro Thunder. Uh, is the rebuild complete? Um, it This is a tricky question of like, what does that mean necessarily? Like the Thunders, like the Thunder are trying to win games and they're trying to win every single game they play from here on out, but they're still building the roster. Like they're still uh, going to, um, you know, have a lot of draft picks in this draft. You know, at least at least a couple of draft picks in this draft. You know, of, of course, depending on protections and everything, a couple of draft picks in this draft. Uh, they're still going to um, continue to continue to make some changes to the roster to benefit them as the as the years progress. So it's always going to be a constant building stage. But like, yeah, this team is trying to compete. They're trying to contend. The, the typical knock on young teams is that um, you know it's, it's not going to you know it, that, that you need to go through some of the. Learning curve, so I'm not going to say that they're going to to go far in the postseason, but they're trying to. That's the goal. The goal is not to do anything else. So um, if if that's the only thing you mean by rebuild, then I'd say that yeah, it is complete. But like, of course, the roster will still continue to change um, throughout the next few years, and 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 really through the end of time, the rosters are always going to change. uh, Whenever whenever you're playing in the NBA, Um, Trey Thomas, what would it take to make you change your tune on the Thunder being title contenders this year? Uh, a larger sample size, number one. Uh, but I mean, if, if I mean, I'll tell you this: if we get to March one, and March one comes around, and the Thunder are still top five in both offensive and defensive, you know, rating, then yeah, they they are title contenders. Uh, but my biggest thing is not like how they're playing in the eighty-two game season. I think that the Thunder team is built for eighty-two games. I said that all throughout the off The Thunder team is deep enough. To you. every single night, they should be able to flip through and find eight or nine guys who who are playing good basketball that night to help you win games or at least help you compete in games. They've done that. I said that they're going to rack up a lot of wins because they're going to take these games more seriously than other teams. Uh, you know, they, they've been able to to rack up wins. So, like I, I was always very confident they'd be a really good regular season team. It, it's just that like when you get to the postseason, it's a different ball game. Some players elevate their games. Some players take a step back. We've never seen Mark in the postseason before, and I think that he can do it. I, I. I crowned Mark as the best Thunder coach in Thunder history in January of his first season, which didn't start until December 22nd. So, like, Mark is clearly in a way an impressive coach, and and I think that the the verdict is 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 going to be uh, out on any coach until uh, you get to to the postseason, right? But for me, I I, I, just, I think that the way that he the style he uses would work in the postseason, but still, you've got to go through uh, some of those things. So we're gonna do some rapid fire stuff here uh, to end this thing. Uh, from Pig Dog, how do you like them apples? I like I like gala apples. I like gala apples sliced, dip it in some peanut butter. Those are fantastic. But I like gala apples just in general too, uh independent of anything else. But yeah, Shea, Shay, Macintosh, nah, I, I, I need to put on some gala apples. I think uh he'll 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 go right in. Smokey bear says, Do you think Jay will have a chance to dethrone Nick Collison as Mr. OKC? Uh no, not necessarily like dethrone him, as like I think that the personal connection to Nick Collison that a lot of Thunder fans have will always, um, you always remember your first, right, baby? And uh, so, you know, you, you, you go there and and the, the stories of, like, the guys he was around and literally, you know, watching this thing get built, literally. Like, from practicing in a roller rink to, to the, the fancy schmancy uh, Thunder Pack facility I'm, I'm about to be late getting to right now. It, it, like, he was a part of something insanely special. Now, stylistically on the court uh, and longevity, Jay Will could like, you know, be here for a long time and could play that same kind of role. But in the sense of like the nickname, Mr. Thunder, maybe like Mr. Thunder 2.0. But like, I don't think anyone can ever um, dethrone Nick Collison. Uh, these are some great questions. We're going to get to a lot more of these on tomorrow's show, uh, or at least sometime this week because there's like an arena question. There's uh, some trade questions. uh, There's three things every Thunder fan should know. That's going to be a great question to get to. And we have to skedaddle here for practice. And we've already ran over time a little bit today on on today's show. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Uh, I really appreciate all of you listening to today's show. Uh, Follow along for free on YouTube and any other podcasting platforms that you have. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. And since we're going to carry this over into another show, you can get more questions in on the YouTube comment section and on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. And until tomorrow, be good. Be good to one another.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.